frozen captive in iron and stone. Word of the outside, life is. Welcome to the Everyday Ministry Podcast, a podcast where everyday ministers get together to discuss ministry. This is James White, the pastor at Lighthouse Community Church in Vernon, Alabama, and I have the joy of sitting here with Chris Norsworthy, the associate pastor at Reformation Church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and once again, Royce Alanese, a community group leader at Walnut Creek Community Church in Des Moines, Iowa. But as you might have already caught at the very beginning, we had a different song playing as our intro, and that is from the band The August Guns, and that is the band that Royce is a part of, and they've graciously allowed us to use their song for the intro and extra of this episode. So if you would drop the speed down to one-time speed if you listen to it fast and listen to the rest of the song at the end of the podcast, but as we get started this evening, Chris, how is everything going your way? Oh, everything's going great. Um, I just finished up some artwork for a really cool band named August Guns. Official so, artwork or just the artwork that you would just... Yeah, not the Super right. Soaker artwork, like album cover and then a single cover. Uh, so I'm not sure which if how much printing will be involved i'm calling them covers it'll be a lot of digital downloads and stuff and you can see i got their t-shirt on i'm a big fan yeah, um, i bet the audience could see that so yeah well. and it was actually kind of funny because i was video chatting with his wife earlier and she had the same t-shirt on but my wife was there too so don't make it weird mm-hmm. um we're all big fan- <laughs> we're all big fans of the band have you finished your 36 days of artwork Yes. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I did finish that. I guess uh, earlier this week, I finally finished it. Um, so you got to tell me, was was Toy Story still your favorite one by the end of it? No, I think Yoda was just because uh-huh. of Star Wars. I mean, but <laughs> I think there were some really good ones. I would, I would encourage your listeners to go and check him out at is it Chris Nordworthy Art on Instagram. Yeah. There's Thank some you. fantastic stuff on there. I was really surprised of your creativity when it came to the numbers, because I didn't know what you were going to do for some of those. Um, I didn't either. (laughs) Eight was fantastic. Seven was pretty cool, which made sense, but they'll just have to go check them out themselves. But Royce, how's everything going? We've had you, we had you on here a month ago. So um, yeah, have you back? How's everything been going for you the last month and a half? Oh, pretty good, man. We're, we're just uh, keep keeping on. Keeping on. Is that a, is that a saying? Yeah. Keep on keeping on. Okay. You got to keep on. Yeah. That one. Um, yeah. We got we got some pretty cool stuff kind of coming up with our church here uh, this month. We are starting our Mission to the City project, which um, kind of more of an event where all the community groups kind of come together and do a bunch of community service projects around the city of Des Moines. And those are really good opportunities to go out and meet people, share the gospel, um, serve different organizations within our city. We do it for about three or four days nonstop. It's, yeah, it's, it's pretty much from sun up to sundown each day. So, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to that. We got a pretty, we're going to have a pretty good turnout again this year. And then, yeah, for me personally, you know, family's just, just going surviving and we got a couple awesome vacations coming up in this summer taking our family to california in june southern california and then uh we get to come visit our besties oh yeah and walker <laughs> yeah in south louisiana southeast louisiana south. the norsworthies yeah. yep come july so that'll be a great time so lots to look forward to is that just a special part of the trip or is that really on the way to Southern California? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, it's relatively it, close. It's a whole, yeah, it'll be a whole separate uh, 
event for our family. Okay. I got you. <coughs> Man, that's yeah. awesome. Well, happy to have you back on here this evening. Um, just really to talk about small groups or community groups as your church calls them. And we'll get into that in a minute. Just um, just catch up on myself. If things going well, trying to finish up school, got a Greek final left. That's the last thing I have for the semester. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I figured it <laughs> out. I got to make like a, a 50 on it to pass. So and like a 74 to get a B. So I, I think I think I'll be fine. But we'll see. Um, but other than that, everything's going as usual. Tra- transitioning into my new job in a day or two. So looking forward to that. Maybe I have a little bit more time. But other than that, man, life's good. Ministry's good. Excited to be recording another podcast. And the listeners may not know the magic of how we get this stuff done. But normally, we wait until the last minute to record. And then I, as I did this week, get the podcast out a few days late. But this week, we're actually recording like two or three weeks ahead of time. So it's going to be a nice thing for me in editing the podcast and getting it out in time. So as we get into the topic for this week's episode, what we're going to be looking at is small groups or community groups, or you you've, you hear them called several different things, life groups, Bible study groups, Bible connection study groups, groups. S- Sunday school. I mean, I, I, I think gonna, all yeah. of things fall into that. I was going to say, I think that was one of the things we could talk about, but just mention briefly, it's people use their Sunday school in a way that's like a small group or a community group. Yeah. So that, that kind of just depends. And I think that's partly to do with the um, evolution of Sunday school to be more for believers rather than unbelievers and unschooled people and, you know, and believers and stuff. So yeah, there's a wide range of the way people use them. Um, but what we say, I guess let's define it and then yeah. say if there's any difference in between any of the names do they mean anything or are they all the same thing i throw him under the bus you know we got royce on here he's led i think he said six years community group at his church um and as chris said earlier that's more experience than he's got and <laughs> i've only pastored for five years and youth pastor for two so he's right there on me uh, on that so um how would you define a small group yeah um <clears throat> My church has never used the term small group. We actually started out using just the term Bible study group. It'd be a subgroup of people within the body that get together for the purpose of studying God's word and fellowshipping around that. And it probably was like three years ago that we decided to change the name to a community group because we found that our Bible study groups are actually set the best context for fellowship. So we were doing so many more things than just studying the Bible together. We would get together once a week to study, but then also we would have events on like Fridays as a group that we would use as evangelism opportunities. We'd invite people into our hangouts or going out to get food or having some kind of formal organized event. And then We were also doing things kind of like life groups where we would get together maybe Sundays, guys with guys, girls with girls, and do topical studies. But it was all kind of in the context of that same group of people, usually about 15 people. So we just felt like the phrase community group is a more all-encompassing group that deals more with kind of all aspects, really living life together as opposed to just coming together once a week to study the, the Bible. Okay. So that's really the ex- my experience with with the phrases. I don't think we've ever really used things like life groups or anything like that. But. So at your church, what you're calling a community group, you said it's normally about around 15 individuals. Yeah, yeah. I would say church wide, I would say we average about maybe 12 to 18 people per okay. group. All once right. once they get over about 20 people is usually when they start looking at. Okay, are they open and closed groups, meaning are they open to individuals that may not be a part of the church or individuals that may not know Christ yet? Are they open to that, or are they more of a closed group, and you just use it, the special events and things, to reach out to the lost? Yeah, generally, um, a lot of churches you do more of a closed group mm-hmm. where they group people by topics or by demographics as a means of like growing closer to people that you can relate to. 
and their closed group that usually our people are sent into the group from the church if anyone does come into the group. But our church, actually, our pri- one of our primary outlets for evangelism is through our community groups. Yeah. So our community groups are like if you're going to go out and, and evangelize, you're going to go with your community group and you're going to invite people into the community group. A lot of, for a lot of people that are now really solid Christians and really devout followers within our church, a lot of those people found their way mm-hmm. to Christ through the groups. And that's really their, was their first experience with our church. And then they began participating in the, the worship services and extra okay. events. Yeah. So. Right, might be different than some group, some churches, but yeah. So Chris, how does y'all's operate? We we don't have them. Um, they they did they were doing a short term one whenever we first came to the church, uh, a particular book study that everybody was going through. They were just split up into different groups. Um, our church we have Sunday schools, which is broken up into classes. We have sun you know normal Sunday morning worship and we have Sunday night classes which is kind of broken up into groups and then Wednesday nights which is a couple different things. But yeah we, we don't really have community group well, type how does do y'all have small groups at the church? I mean the Sunday school classes do they would they range around that same amount of people or well we have a smaller church so yeah. and it's it's even smaller than whenever we for, I first started. So some groups may borderline what a community group would look like, but often not very much. Because what um, when I think of a community group, you said there are different versions of it where it's maybe directly linked to location or age or interest or whatever. But it is, for me, whenever I think of what they are, it's just an extension of discipleship. And that can include evangelism. That can include bringing in people who don't typically show up at a worship service. Um, but it's also a place for, you know, like Roy said, for people to get together, to connect, you know, break bread, they eat, have fun, their kids Mm -hmm. hang out. It's a time to be together, uh, where you're not sitting in a pew. And it also, in terms of discipleship, you know, it builds or tighter bonds of accountability, um, where you're not just with the way a lot of churches are nowadays, it's, you know, like Royce was kind of, I don't know if Royce said this, but as I was picturing it, you know, you, you come in, you sit, you sit in a pew, you have, you listen to a sermon and then you leave. And that's not what every church looks like, but that's what a lot of churches look like. So I think that community groups were a way that churches kind of said, okay, this isn't what we want. We want people to be connecting together. We want people to be involved in each other's lives. And that's both just in studying the word together, teaching each other, being accountable to one another. So teaching each other in real life scenarios and those kind of things that uh, somehow went missing, I think maybe throughout the evolution of the church. Um, So I think that that's, whenever I picture a, a small group or a community group, those are the kind of things I think of where it's connecting people on a more one-to-one level versus perhaps what they typically would experience on a Sunday morning. Yeah. So I, I think we may dive into this a little more as we get through the conversation. But, you know, when you think about small groups, community groups, I do think there is a difference between small groups and community groups because in the idea of small groups, small groups generally can be any form of Bible study or time in scripture together as individuals. Um, if it be at a church in the Sunday school setting or Wednesday nights, like at my church, we did do small groups and it was gender based other than the children's. It was gender based and it was on our Wednesday nights gathering. Mm-hmm. Now we don't do community because gr- when we say community groups, generally those correct me if I'm wrong, Generally, community groups happen in other homes of individuals. Yeah, and I think that's a valid point to make. I don't know if either of us said that, but yeah, it's outside of the church building. It's in the the community. Which is why I personally believe that community groups is a great way of reaching the lost because it's much more likely that an individual is going to step into your home for a moment like that rather than to step into a church that they may not know anybody else there or be uncomfortable in it. And so when I think of small groups, generally when I think of small groups, I think of something going on in the church building itself, be if it's Sunday school or if it's Sunday night or Wednesday nights or uh, whatever the case may be. 
And then community groups, I think something that happens sometime throughout the week in an individual's home or in multiple individuals' homes. And as you both said, maybe it's geared towards location or age demographic or life cycles or topics. I think that's a big thing too, is topics and um, different things. Now, one thing I want to ask before we move into the, the big question is, is it biblical? Is Would you say that for a community group to really accomplish what it needs to accomplish, does the word have to be open and taught to some capacity? Yeah, I, I to me, I, I feel like that's a pretty vital aspect to having a community group that's growing mm-hmm. spiritually and being challenged. And to me, I feel like any any group of people that are going to have good, productive, beneficial relationships, mm-hmm. they need to be centered around the scriptures and the life and teaching of Christ. And so to me, just the best way to instill that in your group and to to help your group head in that direction is just to have some some outlet some way of getting together and talking through those things everyone has their own ideas about the scripture they can bring to the table you can help to correct each other you can help to encourage each other spur each other on in the word and yeah so i think that's that's been vital for for my own growth and for the growth of my group yeah the only reason i asked that is because and I'm not trying to hate on a specific church because I, I see it in multiple churches and multiple areas is that so often they'll have small groups that are really centered on specific activities. I've seen ultimate Frisbee ones. I've huh. seen running small groups. And, and not, not that there's anything wrong with gathering with believers that have similar hobbies, um, but generally in those things, it's like the scripture was a tag along of the, huh. the, the study, the the community group itself. And yeah. that's the only reason I asked that because I, I would agree that, that for it to really be a, a community group that is thriving in spiritual growth, it has to be centered with the, the scripture to some extent. And so I think that's fair uh, to say that as the church, our activities revolve around scripture. Yeah. And if we're discipling, um, then it needs to revolve around scripture. Obviously, you know, like me, and I have a lot of friends who are Christians, and we can hang out, and it might be a small group of us, <laughs> but that is not the same thing as a community group because a community yeah. group would then be, well, again, this it's not really a biblical definition because we'll talk about that. But <laughs> um, if it is, if the purpose, I think the purpose of the church is discipleship, yeah, and, you know, in that aspect, and a community group is not a church. Uh, because it is it is lacking some of the larger parts that make up a church um, typically, but it is part of the church and mm-hmm. our task is to study God's word together and you know yeah, speak, I, speak into each other's lives and and maybe Royce can speak more into it, but I do think that's the distinction to make when we talk about community groups mm-hmm. is that there may be activities or things that happen in them that is merely just the purpose of building relationships, eating and breaking bread together, spending time with one another, um, you know, things of that nature. But the scripture has to be the center of what the purpose is still. And so those things are to come alongside the teaching of the word to, to strengthen yeah. these relationships with one another and with Christ, not vice versa. Yeah. And I don't think it it has to be, a Bible study in the sense that we only break out a Bible and then we just read through the Bible. Like, I think if you're going through a book together, that's, you know, a Christian book that then, you know, leads you to read scripture. What, you know, what does it say? And all those kind of things. Um, and you don't have to pull out Lifeway's most recent curriculum or Wayne Grudem's systematic theology or anything of that nature. So <laughs> no, but so, I mean, you know, as we talk about scripture, though, I guess what really matters is in this conversation, though, is is small groups or community groups biblical? Okay, so I would say are are they biblical? I would say they're not unbiblical, and they are biblical in the sense if you're using them as we've defined earlier, because you're using them for the purpose of discipleship and whatever other words you want to tag onto there. It is not commanded in the Bible that we ought to meet 
outside of a normal Sunday morning worship service mm-hmm. in organized community groups. So it is not a, there's no biblical definition for a community group or a small group. And that's part of the reason why we're, you know, having kind of to define it here where we are on the podcast. I don't know, Royce, what's your thoughts? I agree. There's, there's more of an example than a command in scripture to do it. When we look at the church in Acts 2, we see that example of really a means of grace that God used for the first century church to grow and expand, which is, I I would think, a lot different maybe than how a lot of churches might use it, where it's more of a means of uh, maybe trying to go deeper into the scriptures and things like that, which are good. But I think from what I see in, in the early church, it's, you know, the meeting, the meeting in homes, breaking bread together, praying together. In that same passage, it says they sold all their possessions and gave to one another, sustain, helped sustain each other materially. And so we see that example of how God used those as a means of bringing more people into the church. It says, and every day God gave them more people that were being saved. Um, so we have this avenue for that, clearly through the community group. Um, these would have been smaller groups of people that would have probably webbed out into the community, um, probably multiplied since they were meeting in houses. As God brought people in, You know, they just expanded to more and more houses or more and more locations. Um, so that's a pretty good model, I think, and a good way to um, justify that type of church growth. I agree. I think it's more of a, an implied thing in Scripture, the importance of it and the benefit of it. And we're going to look at the kind of the benefits in just a moment. But I think you both, you know, you're right on is that Scripture never comes out and says that thou shall meet in a group or in a home outside of the Sunday morning gathering. Well, we do see that command, though, right, is gathering on the Lord's Day. We see this uh, implicit command through Scripture. And so that's what we kind of need to separate on is that we can't, we, we, Scripture doesn't spell spell out for us that it's a demand or a command of God to meet in a small group or a community group. But as we kind of look at the benefits of it, I think that's why we what we kind of get the idea of small groups or community groups from, right. because the idea of the community groups are in Scripture, and the benefits of them are spelt out in Scripture. And so as we kind of move into that, there, this is one of my favorite parts of talking about either a small group or community group. What are some benefits that you find in in these things? Well, I mean, I think a lot of what we have said so far in describing what a community group is naturally, at least heavily implies what the, what the benefits are. And, uh, you know, just to say some maybe that we haven't really talked about yet, I think that one of the benefits is if you have smaller groups of people meeting together, well, then you have people who are not elders teaching. And of course, I'm an elder and I love teaching, but I also love the fact that we, there's many men in the church who are capable of teaching. And we have a lot of classes and I guess you could call those small groups where we meet in the church. And we, we do have a lot of different people who teach Sunday school and classes and things like that. But as a benefit that everyone has the opportunity to be able to, uh, to teach. Um, of course, this would go into family worship as well, but that's for another podcast. <laughs> and then the benefit of people just living life as a Christian and, you know, the word being interwoven into their relationships um, outside of a building that, yeah. you know, the four walls of a church, is, as you might say, building, strengthening the community, strengthening the bonds between members uh, that, are, that are there. And as Royce has said that, and we've talked about this, I've talked about it with him many times, but one of the largest ways that they bring in people to their church, but also to the gospel is through their community groups. Um, so they use it as largely as, a, not always as an evangelistic tool because it's largely made out, mostly made out of Christians, the groups are, but uh, they bring in people who aren't and then 
are able to bring them to the gospel, which what what greater benefit mm-hmm. is there than that? One of the number one benefits that I found <laughs> in small groups or community groups, whatever you, well, however they function, if they function inside of the church building or outside the church building, if they're age or gender based, whatever the case may be, one of the number one benefits I find in them is, you know, as you read throughout the New Testament specifically, you see a lot of one another statements to encourage one another, to build one another up, pray for one another, to weep with those who's weeping. Uh, we see a lot of things like that, that even though on that, that that is fulfilled on Sunday morning in some ways, because when you read Ephesians 5, 19, it says addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody of the Lord with your heart, giving thanks to always and everything to the God, the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reference for Christ, that we see that even though the Sunday morning worship is something that is mainly focused on who God is, there is an encouraging to one another that's happening there. But broadly speaking, life happens outside of the church, and it happens throughout the week most of the time when family members die and pass on or when life gets difficult or hard times hit or uh, you're having marital problems or having issues with your children or just having problems at your job. A lot of those things happen on everyday, normal life-to-life events. And so for me, when I think of just the community group aspect of it, though my church doesn't have them, I do see the great benefit in them is that this is an opportunity that like-minded believers can come together and set the things of the world aside for that hour to an hour and a half, however long they may last, break bread together, discuss scripture together, encourage one another, pray with one another, and just see how the word of God fits into our lives each day. And so for me, that's the big benefit of it. And though, like I said, we don't have community groups, I feel like with my church being the size it is, a lot of that is accomplished on our regular Wednesday night um, Bible study, per se, because there is only 10 to 15 of us that meet on Wednesday nights. And so if you think that still happens, we go out and eat together, spend time together afterwards many times. And so I feel like that it can happen maybe in a little different way, depending on your context. Piggyback off of what you said, you know, you have a small church. I do feel like community groups generally are something that would come up in a larger church where you 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 recognize okay we we've gotten to the point now where our church can't operate as a whole in such a way that promotes the most deep relationships spiritual growth accountability all those types of really important things that i think the lord wants to do in his church and once you get to a certain amount of people on your in your congregation, you just start to, yeah, you start to recognize like, wow, this is not happening to its full potential. It might happen a little bit organically. You know, people tend to tend to make friends at church and gravitate maybe towards certain people and develop friendships. And, but the beautiful thing about structuring a community group, especially when you get to that that higher, you know, your upper 50 people or more in your congregation is that you can structure, you have, you know, you can now provide structure in a setting and an environment in which you can almost not, not guarantee that those things will happen, but you can really allow for that to, to, to happen a lot more. And you can have a little bit more control over it and, and making sure that, um, you know, you have leaders in place that lead those community groups, that it's part of their, function to make sure that fellowship and that spiritual growth and that accountability and, um, you know, evangelism, having that mission mindset is taking place within the body. And I feel like that's where community groups are a great way to maintain that intimacy level amongst the body so that those types of things can happen more easily. Yeah, I I agree completely. And I think that kind of leads us to the next question though is that should every church have a form of small group or community group i know like you just said that generally the community groups happen more in larger churches but is it necessary that even a church of 
20, 25, or 2,000 or 20,000, is it necessary that they have some form of small group or community group? Because as we, as Chris pointed out earlier, there's there's nothing in Scripture that spells out that there that you must have. I don't think every church should have them. If the church is able and capable of um, being in right community with each other and discipling people as they ought to. Um, and some churches are like our church is very, um, for the most part, very interconnected. Like, you, like James kind of said in each other's lives and what's going on from week to week. And I think that it could be done better. It could be done better at any church. Um, I would be for having community groups at our church, but I don't think it's necessary. Like it's not a necessity of a church to then to have community groups. Like there are things that are a necessity for a church. A church should have elders. A church should have the ordinances. The church should preach and teach the word. The church should, you know, discipleship and evangelize. And it, that community groups falls under doing what a church ought to be doing. And if that's one of the ways and means that it can do that better then it should if that makes sense yeah i think you really have to gauge it on a case by case basis i don't think you could blanket statement mm-hmm. it in i mean you have to i would think it would be the role of one of the roles of the pastor and the elders and the other leaders within the church to recognize the flock and know the condition of your flock and it's really a responsibility to know whether or not spiritual discipline and accountability and fellowship and evangelism, things of that nature are, are actually happening within the body and out into, out into the world. Like, and so that's where you gauge it. And like, if you sense that you have a church full of people that just kind of come and it's part of their weekly schedule to come and, um, you know, they might have a friend or two at the church, but they're not, you know, they don't, they're not sharpened or encouraged or challenged in any way. They themselves aren't taking steps of faith in their life or towards other people that are lost, like things like that. If you recognize those types of things going on, I think you could, you could see there that your church could definitely benefit from a, from a community group type of structure. And really, you know, you know, you say that and looking at the, the needs of the church and see if they're being met and let that be kind of a deciding factor. Other, the other point, I think, with that is as we've kind of we've used the words interchangeable in some ways. And then we've kind of to try to define the difference between small groups and community groups. And we may not have done the best job in that. But really, I think what's also necessary, depending on your cultural and your context, in your church as well as determining which form it would be better for your church. Because there's some churches like mine, when we looked at doing community groups, looking at, we looked at doing them once a week, uh, maybe once or two, one or two locations and doing them in the homes of individuals and doing it that way. And um, really the difficulty that we found in that though, is that all of our pretty much a, a 60% of our congregation has children that's five years or younger. And, and there's nine nine or ten children in all. And what we found was it wasn't feasible for us to try to do it at this point in our church's life. But it made much more sense for us to do small groups on Wednesday nights and allow one person to, to take care of the children or, uh, or have alternate people doing it at different times and having it there. That way it was just much easier for them to accomplish that and having that scheduled and set time in that where a lot of the same benefits were coming out of it. So I think it's not only necessary to look at your church to see if it's beneficial and necessary, but seeing which one kind of plays the better part for your church. Yeah. I mean, we had a community group at our house and we met here for like a year or so and multiple young children. And then we went and visited Royce and Jolie and went to their community group and realized that they had a basement they could throw all their kids in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, we, could, down there. we couldn't hear our conversations we were trying to have because the kids were so loud, but they just locked them in a the basement with <laughs> another adult. I, I didn't say there was no adults in there. We don't have basements down here. <laughs> well, America's basement. The roof is already... Below, below sea level so 
<laughs> That's funny. As we transition towards the end of the podcast, we're not going to have a plug of the week this week. Just want to encourage you to really look at small groups and community groups. But before we get to that, really, let's look at them separately real quick. Let's try to do this in a, just a few minutes. Um, when it comes to small groups, let's say inside of the church, what are some necessary components of it? And then let's look at the same question when we look at community groups. And so uh, I'll let either Chris or myself address the small groups in the church since we have more of an experience in that. And Royce, I'll let you address the the community groups since you're the only one okay. of the three that has them. So, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. So let's start with the small groups. As we look at, you know, what a small group is, and we've kind of looked at uh, defining it. Is it biblical? Um, why it's beneficial, why it's necessary, and if we should have them, how do they look generally? What are some what, what are some necessary components in that, Chris? I mean, necessary components, obviously, is, I mean, for it to be small, it should therefore be smaller than the general congregation. Um, and <laughs> I'm going to be really specific here. There should be humans um, <laughs> and oxygen available for people to breathe and for sound to travel from my mouth ears. Um, <laughs> no, but, uh, I mean, we should be studying the word, um, learning the word. The way that they look like at our church, uh, and like I said, we kind of have s- Sunday nights and Sunday mornings. Um, it depends from we call them classes, but it, you know sometimes it's broken up into like I did a marriage class and it was with p- married couples or you know it was open to anybody who wanted to come. But uh, often there will be a woman's study group or we did we went through like apologetics or things like that. So we're often and some of those are a little more interactive than others, more of a class setting or a community setting, uh, or say, you know, a little bit more like community group, I guess, uh, where it's a little bit more open, more discussion. Where um, I haven't done it in a while, but for a while I was meeting with our 20-somethings on a regular basis on Wednesday nights, and we would discuss different topics and um, that was, and have each other like share our, our testimonies and um, and those kind of things where we were discussing things and learning things together um, more than just it being, a, you know, a, someone lecturing and it being a class type. Uh, so it kind of varies, but it all centers around um, what does the word say? Can we learn it? How can we train to be doing to, you know, to do the things better that it calls us to do? How can we um, understand it better and apply it to our lives? In a small group setting is building the relationships and accountability and um, addressing difficult topics. Is that necessary thing? Is breaking the bread together, spending time together? I mean, or is it more of a lecture type setting? It's typically more of a classroom type setting or um, sermon type setting than it is anything communal in type in terms of gathering together to be in community and to, you know, do things together or have conversations or eat together. Like there are times we do that, but that's not what our small groups look like or, you know, Sunday school or anything. All right. Well, Royce, just kind of walk us through how your community groups look like. All right. So um, I stepped into leadership in a community group. um, Like I said before, like five or six years ago, and that came about through the multiplication of our previous community groups. So we got large enough, to where the the previous leader recognized it was time to split, yeah, or we like to call it multiply because split sounds like you're mm-hmm. you're like tearing each other apart, breaking up. But um, and so that that was actually a really good time for me to learn like how do you structure, what do you, what kinds of things are you looking for when you're looking to form a community group? Um, what are the vital aspects of having one? What kinds of people do you want? in there because there are usually different types of people in different different tracks of life or with with different however many different years of experience in the church things like that so the way we structure ours is we look to have at least two leaders that can co-lead together some some groups have three so you definitely want to have that and these are people that have, have a track record of being really intentional with the other people in the groups that um, have done a good job of like 
staying in contact with people, encouraging people, teaching and guiding people, um, be basically being the people that many of the other people in the group go to. So those are usually the people you want leading it, people that understand the condition of the flock, that desire the growth for the group. And then within the outside of that, we want another core group of people. So these are people that are committed to the vision and the mission of your church that understand what your church is trying to do in the world or in the city and that have shown the the commitment and the devotion to the church through their time and their energy. So usually you want to have at least half of your group about in that in that kind of um, type of category. And you want that to be a pretty mixed group too. You'd want to have like half, try to have it be half guys and half girls so that they can be reaching out and loving on the rest of the people in the group. And then outside of that, then you have the other people who are probably committed or newer Christians um, or maybe their, you know, maybe their attendance isn't always as good. Like people that maybe you aren't quite as dependable, but still desire to engage. So that's really kind of like, what you want as far as the structure and like kind of the hierarchy and the, the people that you want in your group. Um, but of course, like the goal of the whole community group as a whole is to um, be discipling each other and to be growing spiritually and to be growing in your, your nearness to Christ and your desire to um, preach the gospel and to, to grow the church. And so everything you try, try to do is centered around that for us, the three primary aspects for, doing that are breaking bread together, praying together and studying the Bible together are the three like primary things that we always want to happen at least once or twice in a week that we're doing together. Found those are the the main things that we do. And anything outside of that is just extra things that are helpful, like having hangouts or events or some way to bring people into the group. And like I said, for our group, for our church, a lot of people that come into our church, that's their, into our community group, that's their first experience with our church, really. I mean, they, um, so we do try to center a lot of our conversations around what is our church doing? What, what is our church trying to do to impact the city? What is our church desire for us as a community group to be doing with each other? And so that's usually like a lot of people's early exposure to our church and what our church is all about. Um, so I'm not sure what else I could say about that. <laughs> that sounds good. And so, as I said earlier, we don't have any plugs of the week for you all this time around. But what we do want to do, and I'm putting the Christian voice on the spot here, well, I do want to take the opportunity for each of us to give a 30-second encouragement or charge to the listeners. Yeah. I mean, in, in reference to small groups, I would just encourage anyone listening to um, have you know, reflect on your own experience with your church, reflect on your own spiritual life, your spiritual disciplines, um, your sense of connection with uh, other Christians and with your church. And think about how well do you understand and how concerned are you for the the mission and, and the vision of your church? If you feel like maybe there's a lot of room for growth there, or maybe things aren't quite where you'd like it to be, it really might be that you're just not tied into the church as well as you could be if you were part of a community group or a small group. And just, I would just encourage you to take that leap into something like that if it's available, because it's really um, the best way that we can grow in intimacy together and really connect with one another and link arms together and, and work towards that common goal of fulfilling God's purposes in the earth. All right, Chris, what you got for us, yeah. man? Yeah, I would say that as a leader, that our like one of the and one of the things that I strive to do the most fail a lot is to obviously teach the word and disciple people, but I also need to train people and give people opportunities to be doing that and living that out as well. Um, and that looks a lot of different ways at different times. But the pastor isn't the only one who's supposed to be doing the ministry in a church. Hence this podcast, <laughs> but. We need to we need to be pouring into the congregation and individuals, and those individuals need to be pouring into other people's lives, uh, and that can look a lot of different ways. And community groups or small groups is definitely one of those ways where we can have that opportunity to teach that, but also to encourage and allow everyday Christians to be ministers in their lives. So, for my encouragement would be as I 
said earlier, my church, um, we looked at doing community groups or small groups. And I, I was a big push for community groups. It's something that I really wanted to do um, as a pastor and really desired to do. But then when it came down to it, like I said earlier, it wasn't feasible. And so my encouragement to you all is that if you're part of a church that's smaller or unable to do it or just don't have the people to lead or guide a community group or a small group of some sort, I would just encourage you, Chris kind of led to this earlier, is just take the opportunities that you have in normal everyday life to build these relationships with one another. Take the opportunity to invite that church member that you don't know that well over to your house on a Sunday after church or to a meal or to a birthday party or whatever the case may be, and just spend time with them in whatever capacity you can. And maybe your church one day will get to the point to where a small group or community group is what you uh, operate under and you may enjoy that and you may be the front runner of it but until then don't allow the the lack thereof to be an excuse for you not to build a relationship with one another so as we come to the end of the podcast i said at the very front end we have a different song as our intro and extra and we're going to play the rest of it at the end and i would like for royce to kind of introduce the band use some links and stuff for it and maybe if he can tell us about the song a little bit okay sure well uh yeah the band is the august guns it's a three-man band uh, i play drums for that band and uh, my two buddies micah and kirk play guitar and bass and they sing their hearts out and we have a lot of fun together we do kind of what i don't know genre wise we're kind of a melodic punk rock band and yeah we just uh, released our second ep in 2018 so the song that we're going to be listening to in the uh, outro of this podcast is called save our souls it's the first song on our on our most recent ep release and um it's a great song just about kind of connecting with the the darkness it's kind of it kind of gives a picture of the imprisonment that we that we all experience in our sin and so that's really kind of where where it starts it's kind of starts off with just this kind of call and ask you know recognizing where you're at in your sin and in your darkness and this call to be saved this call that you you, you want to you want out you want to find a means of escape um, so that's kind of the general concept of the song and yeah you can look us up on facebook just the august guns is our page name or, or at the august guns we have uh, instagram page two i think it's just the august guns i actually don't i don't manage that one so but yeah we have our albums are on spotify and apple music and Bandcamp. So feel free to just look us up, the August Guns, on any of those platforms. Man, well, that sounds good. Thankful to have you back on the episode and look forward to having you on at some point again soon. We discuss a different topic of some sort. And maybe next time me, you, and Chris can talk about what shouldn't be in small groups. How about that? <laughs> sounds like fun. There's plenty of that. Oh, yes. Yes, there is. Well, this has been another episode of the Everyday Ministry Podcast, and we are a podcast where everyday ministers get together to discuss ministry. If you're encouraged by what you hear, please go like our Facebook page, share the episodes, and rate the podcast on iTunes. Don't forget that a new episode drops every first and third Mondays. Our prayer is that these episodes are an encouragement to you and that you would be faithful in the ministry that God has placed you in. Who will say
Nowhere. 